Do you follow the building of the walls of Asgard? I don't know. The tea break of the walls of Asgard? <laughs> yeah. We can do that. Do you have the sit down and tea up, feet up, go, yeah, that was a good job, that. Sound. Yeah. Look at that. It, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't a good job, though, was it? It wasn't a good well, job. It because was almost because... a good job. Because he didn't finish the arch. He didn't, but the gods and goddesses finished the arch after him. and they So they get their gatehouse and their wall. Okay. The stallion gets the filly. The builder kind of gets a bit of a raw deal, I'm afraid. Yeah. Smacked in the forehead with uh, Mjolnir. Yeah. Enough to give anybody a bit of a headache, really. Indeed. Paracetamol is not going to shift that. That's really not. No. Episode 10 of Frithcast, I'm Suzanne, and this is my friend Kate, and we are... Your boner heathens. Your boner heathens. <laughs> Would you like us to lay on a turkey? <laughs> Palami never quite sounds right coming out of the mouth of a straight woman <laughs> in like 2017. Oh, bless it though. <laughs> Needs to needs to be in at least like the nineteen sixties to the nineteen eighties. Yeah, it doesn't really work. Pretty otherwise. much, pretty much. Yeah, chronologically specific language. A lot of our episodes have a lot of humour in them, and that's what I love about them because my faith should bring as much enjoyment to me as humour does. Not in a frivolous way, but in a kind of not necessarily in an entertaining way, but in a kind of life affirming way. Hmm. Joy is part of life. Yes, well, if you're very like, much if part you're of my faith. Yeah, joy is you know if we're talking about the, the the human being as created by whatever your conception of creation was or your conception of divinity was or evolution or evolution. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm saying I'm I'm you know whatever the whatever the means by which you accept that humanity got here, joy and laughter and humour are part of us, and I think I've always thought it a bit counterintuitive mm. to assume that the, 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 the creative force wants us to suppress that and bury it. And, yeah, I mean, I, I do, I take my faith very seriously, hmm. but I also like to see the life affirming in it wherever I can, hmm. which can be in things like humour. So hence, with the Frithcast especially, we tell a lot of jokes. And we have a lot well, of fun. We don't we, have a lot of outtakes because they tend to just be things that we leave in. Yeah, <laughs> we, we tend to take a lot out when we edit. We tell a lot of what we think of as jokes. Yeah, all right. Humour is subjective, I'll give you that one. Um, yes. But, you know, be everybody's jokes. Whether the internet at large <laughs> thinks of them as jokes, we really couldn't say. But, uh, yes, so... Um, I also find that looking at my faith through the lens of humour and through the lens of life-affirming appreciation means I can't take it too seriously. Mm. I can't be, you know, it, it's never an absolute. It's never a, a black and white absolute decision of, you know, I am a heathen, therefore I must be absolutely serious all the time and and try and 
convince people that my way is the only way and, and using humour allows me to healthily look at my own faith through that and make sure that it's a healthy respect but I can also laugh at myself as well. Yes, I'm serious about it, but I find that bringing humour into it allows me to healthily look at myself and my practice mm. along the way and make sure that I'm not getting, not forgetting myself and not forgetting who I am and what I'm doing. And if I can laugh at myself along the way, I can have a healthy respect for my own faith and the faith of others mm. as we go. I, for some reason, and I run the risk of I run the risk of being accused of frivolizing the thing. Yeah, I mean, I have, if I have the ability to laugh at myself, I have the ability to admit that I'm wrong. Yeah. And that can be a very healthy thing. Mm. If I'm not, if I'm taking myself and my understanding, I have my own personal understanding of how the world works, who the gods and goddesses are. It's different to yours. Mm-hmm. It's different to every other heathen that I've ever come across. Their interpretation is theirs. And if I can laugh at my own, and if I can make jokes, if I can say that the mighty All-Father himself plays Pokemon Go, (laughs) if I can not necessarily trivialise it, but understand it through the lens of the 21st century, Mm. then I can... Being able to say, actually, I've never looked at it that way. I'd like to start turning that situation round and seeing if I can see things from a different perspective is something I find I can get through using humour. If you look back at the original, the, the humour of the Viking peoples, there are examples of jokes that they have that are culture-based because humour is based in culture. Yeah. What the jokes that we have are all based on a shared understanding of a culture, what it is and how it works. That's why humour works. And what commonly jokes are at somebody's expense. But that only works if you understand the values inherent in that culture. Hmm. So if you look at my sense of humour, it's very different to your sense of humour. This is true. It's very, very different to any other heathen sense of humour. But if you look at the the sense of humour of the original Viking peoples, that's very, very different again, because they're coming from a culture with a very, very different set of values. Mm. But to understand their humour is to partly understand the culture they're coming from and why they find that funny. So you have examples of a very grim, very black, very dry humour with the Viking peoples because they face death in a hundred different ways Mm. every day. And there is a... I can't remember which saga it comes from. If I can find it, I will put it in the link in the description. But there's a saga in which a, a Viking longship is struck by a storm and it starts to sink. Okay. And so, collectively, the crew decide that they're going to have to get rid of some of the weight on the ship to try and right it. So they decide that they're going to draw lots to see who gets to jump overboard to lighten the weight on the ship. Okay. Okay. So they get straws or tokens and they're all in agreement that this is fine because for them if their destiny if the end of their thread is to jump overboard on a long ship then that's square with them anyway that's where they're meant to be very fatalistic very very fatalistic people the crew all draw lots and the men who are fated to jump overboard are actually quite happy about it because they say that's that was their fate anyway that was always going to be their fate and they all agree 
that actually it might be a better fate than the men who were left on the longship. Yeah, because they say, at least we're not going to die a straw death, which is to die on the straw is to die old and infirm and in your bed. Ah, yes. And not in a place and time of your own choosing or not with a weapon in your hand facing an enemy. Not in mighty battle. Not in mighty battle, although there are other ways to die in the sagas. So their humour is to say, well, at least we're not going to die a straw death and we're guaranteed not to die a straw death. You lot, you might, some of you might be dying a straw death. We know we're not going to now, so it's okay. Yeah. So this is part of their very grim, so, very, very fatalistic humour. Well, yeah, but I mean, even though, you know, we, I look at that, because I'm, I'm, for, for, I mean, I always, I, I sort of call myself a druid, because it's, it's, it's an easier image to give somebody. When somebody says, what, you know, what, what sort of religion are you, or whatever mm. it might be, that, that's what I use. Not because it's entirely accurate. Because druid is a very broad yes. uh, term, but it's it's because it, it gives a particular image, you know. So, but I'm not a terribly good one in the sense that I'm I'm a little bit sensitive to things like, you know, I, I'm I'm not big on dark stuff. I'm not big mm. on, uh, you know, the, the 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 sort of I like a happy ending. I'm sorry, I can't help yeah, it. Yeah, the the Vikings are, but the Viking peoples collectively which is probably a term I'm going to get shot for, but collectively they've got a very blunt sense of humour. And things like being able to jump overboard on a ship and laugh at your crewmates who are staying behind, saying, well, at least I'm not going to die old and infirm in my bed and I'd rather die here, is an example of that very, very, very black, blunt humour. It is. But, I mean, this is the thing, is when we we sort of think of that, I, I would think of that as fairly grim. Mm. You know, I because I would think, well, I, you know, I don't want them to. You, know, <laughs> you want uh, everybody to be. I right. want everybody to be okay. But they, I think of that as grim because of a, the the time and the culture that I grew up in. Because we expect, you know, the the the, the normal way of it. You know, what we expect is for everybody to be okay. Yes, but the Vikings are very but utilitarian. They They're very, very util- utilitarian. Utilitarian, yes. Very, very utilitarian and very practical. Yeah. If I give you another example, if you go up into the fabulous Orkney Islands, just mm. off the north coast of Scotland. Oh, can we, can we, can we? Oh, I wish. There on Orkney mainland, mm-hmm. you'll find a an archaeological site called Mayshow. Yes. Which is a, the posh term is a Neolithic cobbled tomb. Oh. And what it actually means is there's a big hill, and mm. under the hill there is... Is a hobbit? A, yes. In a hole in the ground. There lived, there lived a hobbit. A hobbit. This was not a wet, dirty, dank hole. <laughs> this was a That's sandy, it. dry, bare hole. That's it. She's gone now. You're getting the whole thing there and back again. Sorry, got slightly Anglo-Saxon distracted. Maysell! Yeah, sorry. Um, It's a Neolithic cobbled tomb, which basically means there's a stone-lined entrance tunnel that's about, I don't know, about three and a half foot high. If that. Give or take. It's tiny. You've got to kind of almost kneel to crouch to get into it. And when you get inside, there's a... A cobbled room, which means it's it's a fair size. Would you say about twenty meters? Uh, no, ten meters across. Yeah, it's 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 comfortably big. You could probably yeah. get about what six or seven people standing mm, side, not more side by that. side. Yeah, not more than that. And but it's more or less square. Yes, it's it's more or less square, and all 
it isn't just where all four sides go directly up and there's a piece of stone across the roof. Mm. The the walls are made of sandstone slabs edge on and they're very, very carefully fitted together and then all four sides arc in towards the middle in this beautiful symmetry, uh, beautiful Neolithic architectural symmetry. Mm. And off the other three walls that don't have that entrance passageway coming in, there's a tiny little tunnel going to um, an ossuary chamber where they found burials in each of those little three little spaces. Mm. If you get a chance to see it, I'll put some links in the description. There's a, a lovely laser survey of it if you're into the awesome awesomeness that is archaeological laser work. Mm. Or there are... It's got, la- it's got lasers. It's got lasers. got to be fascinating. Uh, it's, it's brilliant stuff. Beats sitting there with a drawing board and a wet pencil. Mm. If you get a chance to see photographs of the inside of the site or you get a chance to see laser imagery of it do it's a beautiful beautiful piece of neolithic architecture which you never think for the neolithic for the 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 new stone age Mm. you're going to get architecture and it's gorgeous Mm. Uh, there's a couple of other neolithic sites up there there's the village of scarabray yes which is glorious fabulous little Little, oh, uh, beautiful, beautiful remains of Neolithic houses that are sunk. Hearth fires and stuff. Yeah, and they've still got the hearth fires and what they call bed boxes. And it almost looks like a stone dresser that you would put cutlery and plates on in a Victorian kitchen, but mm. it's not. It's a, It blows my mind a little bit that these are Neolithic creations and almost every house has one. Um, the other site that's up there is the Tomb of the Eagles that's Neolithic, mm. and that's glorious as well. Yes. Tomb of the Eagles is a bit narnered archaeologically, but the site itself is worth being able to walk into yeah. and go into. And going <clears throat> going on a little sledge. Yes, you, you go in flat down on a skateboard and pull yourself along on a rope above your head to get into the tomb itself, mm. which is quite awesome. Probably wouldn't recommend it if your knees are narnered like mine, but it is quite awesome <laughs> to do at least once. But back to Maze Howe. Yes. Awesome cobbled Neolithic tomb. You can go in on a guided tour. That's about the only way you can get inside the building now. Mm. And Maze Howe is not only noted because it's this beautiful piece of Neolithic architecture, it's also noted for the largest collection of Viking graffiti anywhere on the planet that we have found so far. So picture this, if you will. It's back in whatever year it is. It's cold, it's raining, it's wet, it's probably a... Thursday afternoon, yeah, nothing I, is going on. Bloody Thursday afternoon. I know, Friday and the weekend are miles away <laughs> and you're just like, oh mate, can't do this anymore. Yeah. And you've got a, a Viking longship that pulls up probably in Scapa Bay, which is a nice, a beautifully shallow bay near Kirkwall, which is the capital city of the Orkneys. It's a city of about 10,000 people. It's not hugely big, but it is known as the capital city of the Orkney Islands. It has a perfectly perfectly respectable cathedral. It has a glorious cathedral in red standstone to St Magnus. Yes. Oh, beautiful. But if you imagine this longboat crew, they're going to probably put the longboat... Scapa Bay is very, very shallow all the way, almost all the way out. It's very, very shallow gradient all the way into the shore. Mm. So they're probably not going to bring the longboat all the way into the shore because then the dratted thing won't float again for quite a while. That would be bad. So you can imagine them getting bored, then coming ashore, them having a wander around the countryside, them not finding anything whatsoever, 
then it starts to rain and they get really, really cheesed. And what they end up finding is a way into this Neolithic cobbled tomb. And they decide that the best way to pass their time is to write graffiti on the walls mm. all the way around the inside of this tomb. And it's all in runic. It's all in the runic scripts and it's been scratched in probably with knife point in dozens of places on the inside of this Neolithic cobbled tomb. That'll do your knife good. Oh, but the, you can just imagine it's raining outside, they're passing the time on a rainy afternoon and they're just covering the inside of this tomb yeah. with graffiti. <laughs> I know the Vikings have a very dry sense of humour. There's two inscriptions in there that tell me this. One of them, if you recall, the entranceway is about three to three and a half foot in a straight passageway into the inside of the tomb itself. Once you've got in there, you can stand up. Mm. And the roof is probably, if you're six foot tall or two metres in old money, the roof is probably another metre above your head. Yeah. If uh, And then a little bit more right at the very height of the arch in the middle. Over the doorway, almost all the way to the ceiling, there's a line of runes that reads, personal name, carve these runes at pie. <laughs> Which, <laughs> to me, is a very, very blunt way of... I mean, what else would you choose for your graffiti way above the doorway than writing... It's like the sort of ancient equivalent of going up to a, I, I don't know, a bus shelter with a spray can and spraying, Kate sprayed this on a bus shelter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's another inscription inside Maceau, and I think the lady's name is Ingeborg that they mention. And it says, Ingeborg is a very fair woman. And they've put next to that an illustration of a very big slavery dog. <laughs> And they say, the runes carry That's on harsh. by saying, even a noble woman would have to stoop to get in here. Ooh! Meaning, even a noble woman has to be brought low to come into this place that we're in. Yeah. So they might not be the world's greatest feminist, but they do have a very, very <laughs> blunt sense of humour. Oh, dearie me. It's not the only place you find their humour in, in runic, in rune, rune inscriptions. Humour is... It's very, yes, it's very culturally specific, but they're writing it in particular places. And one of them is that sort of very blunt use of language reminds me of the Lincoln Cone case, which is now in the British Museum. Mm -hmm. And it's a really beautiful Viking cone that's been made of plates that have been riveted together very, very carefully. It's got a little case that the teeth sit in, so you're not going to break them every time you take it out. Mm. And the comb case has a runic inscription down the length of it, which roughly translates to Thorfast made a good comb. <laughs> good old Thorfast. Bless him. It's this very... It's just... It's just blight, blunt, appreciative sense of humour that you, you see coming through there. So I think, well, if they had a sense of humour and could laugh at themselves... Yeah. You know, Ingeborg is a very fine woman, slavery dog picture. Which yeah. is now ironic because they've taken the big slavery dog and they call it the Maysow dragon. You can get brooches of this now. <laughs> the Poor <Mace> Ingeborg! <laughs> so you can, you can get brooches of Ingeborg's fair woman of this sort of great slavery beastie. So they use language in a very direct way. Poor Ingeborg! She's now for hundreds, thousands of years... Yes. Is remembered for being 
Yes, there are some. There is another inscription <laughs> which I'm not going to tell you because it's rude, <gasps> and the guidebooks usually censor it. Well, so if you can find the uncensored version, well done. And if not, I'm not going to say anything because it's very. Rude. What if we got the listener? Yes. To agree mm. to only listen to this after the nine o'clock watershed. Can we do that? Because it's very, very rude. And I'm definitely not going to say it aloud on air because, goodness. If you feel that you are able to be mature enough and, and handle... You the, are. The, the You're fine. You're mature enough for this. Blunt, working humour. Then go and find the inscription that you can find on some sites that will then be very rude. But you'll enjoy it more if you approach it from an immature point of view. Trust me on this. It will be hilarious. Absolutely. Yeah, that's... <laughs> There is one inscription that the guidebooks don't mention and mm. they don't, they, they censor it out or they'll change a bit like the um, the translator. The translator? Ibn, Ibn Rus. Oh yes, of course, yeah. For, for his description of the Rus people. These are filthy, mucky people is what he was actually told. Yes. And what he ended up translating it as was, these are lovely, clean, yes. shiny, squeaky people. These are, these are lovely, clean. Well, it's the same with this... <laughs> And suddenly Gibbon sounds like a baboon. <laughs> I notice, gentlemen, the faster I get. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're not. I am. You are not. <laughs> <clears throat> I, you just get crept up on by the far side sometimes. Yes, and Eddie Izzard. And Eddie Izzard. Uh, we yeah. haven't done Eddie Izzard this week. No. I don't think so. Well, he will eventually, yeah. I think. So, if you can find... There is one inscription in Maze Hell that is very rude and hilarious if, like me, occasionally you have a fairly immature sense of humour. It's, it's a very better, dark one. It better be good because we've seriously sold it now. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good enough. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so. So they had a laugh, we can have a laugh, is basically the gist. Yes. Yeah. For me, the very, very grim humour that they had that was very, very fatalistic. I don't perhaps share their exact sense of fatalism but I do like a good laugh mm. uh, who doesn't and who doesn't and I find that it's quite healthy for me to not only laugh and find insight in my faith through doing that yeah. but it gives me not necessarily permission but it allows me to look at my faith and my practices and say yeah I could probably do that a little bit differently mm. it allows me that openness and not a fixed perspective that says no by my understanding is an absolute one it gives you scope to evolve it does it gives me my own permission to evolve and to look at the very grim very dark viking humor mm. that is occasionally shown in the sagas and the things that they find funny things like the maze how inscriptions mm. or thorfast making a good comb probably is not just... intended as a joke, but it is showing you that very, very blunt use of language. It's just, it's just an advert. It's like, you know, our car company makes really good cars. It's, mm. I'm not mentioning <clears throat> any, obviously. So, if you'd like to find us online, you can find me, Suzanne, as Suzanne Martin on Facebook. You can also find me on Twitter. And if you want to find me, I am uh, available on Facebook, Google Plus and Twitter as Kate Martin. And for ease of finding, I am linked to Suzanne. Mm, it's pretty easy. It's probably the best yeah. way, because there's a lot of Kate Martins out there. There are, there may be the odd one or two, mm. but I'm only married to one of them. So, I forgot where we are. We'll see you again. We will talk to you next we'll time. We'll talk to you again. We don't see you. This is the problem, we don't see you. We, 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 
we talk we talk to you yes uh, and we hope you enjoy it and we're sure you're lovely um we are fairly sure you're lovely but actually. we don't we don't we don't see you not you're that, lovely you're lo- not, not that it matters you know appearance isn't everything no it's all good you've got a great personality and that's what counts i think we need to stop now okay yeah because we're not you know otherwise they'll do that what's the swipe thing where they don't want you is that swipe left or swipe right Oh, it's one or the other. Yeah, I, I, I never, can't remember. Never but don't do that one. Do the other one. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. Because I, you know, I'm only personality as well. That's all I've got. And and and, and as you can, <laughs> and as you can tell, that's not so much in my case. So you know, don't don't feel discouraged. Is what I'm basically saying. I'm going now. Yes, good plan. Okay. I'm going to take Kate away now. Okay. And just calm her down somewhere in a corner. Can I have more coffee? I'm not sure that's a good idea. Okay. Okay. We'll see you, lovely listener, next time. Kate, Yes. it's time to go now. Okay, bye-bye. Say bye. goodbye to the lovely listeners. Bye-bye, listeners. Bye-bye.